You are now listening to Feeding Off Each Other. Good day, mates. Welcome to another podcast. How are y'all doing? I thought you were, I said, say something, Dave. Say something, Jason, at the top of the... I thought we were getting prompted. You're supposed to all just make noise and talk, okay? There you go. That's the enthusiasm we want. Welcome to Feeding Off Each Other, the we- the weekly podcast. I can't really hear myself. Can you turn me up a little bit there, Dave? Mm-hmm. Weekly no, that's podcast. Me. That's oh, me. Shit. Turn me down. <laughs> I need to hear myself. There we go. A weekly podcast where we feed off the talent, humor, knowledge, and awesome stories of our guests and each other. Mm-hmm. I'm Matt Dennison, and I'm joined by Jason's sweet daddy, Lucas. Mm. And his name is John C. <laughs> No, his, his name is Jason Sweet Daddy Lucas. I, I took Sweet Daddy from a comment. Someone was calling you Sweet Daddy what? in other comments. Really? Yeah. Where? I don't, I, What's I don't their know. username yeah, and phone number? The, what was the context? What's their social security? I think it actually was, it might have been Pink Bug Academy. Like I miss oh. my Sweet Daddy Jason Lucas oh. or something oh. like that. Oh. I don't Ain't nobody know. got time for Who that. knows? I don't care. Anyways, and also I am joined as usual by... David, assistant captain of the Vancouver Canucks, Wiggins. <laughs> That's true. That's not true at all, but he is it's, wearing a Canucks jersey here for Todd some Bertuzzi reason. It's a Todd jersey. I'll have you know, I got it at a thrift store 15 years ago for $30. Very cool. It's good value. That's good value. Yeah. And today, we got a guest. We have a guest, big guest in the building. He's a very tall man. He's... I feel tiny next to him. Wow, actually. I'll take that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> He's huge. <laughs> Today's guest is a Canadian adventure YouTuber with nearly 600,000 subscribers. With a passion for the most unique and interesting transportation methods around the world, you might as well call him John Candy for how much he loves plane trains and automobiles. His slogan is adventure through friendly curiosity. And today we're going to be podcasting through friendly curiosity. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Michael Downey, a.k.a. Downey Live. <laughs> that was a fantastic intro. Thanks. Thank you. How, how, did we miss it? I think no, we didn't. No, you nailed really, it. Well, that was didn't. great. I, I've co- recently coined the phrase transportainment. Ooh. So wow. Trademark, trademark that immediately. Yeah. Trademark. You son of a That's bitch. a good one. Transportainment. Transportainment. Transportation-based entertainment. I love that. The reason I say that is because there's a lot of transportation reviewers out there, and I am not a reviewer. I don't tell you how many outlets are at your seat. I don't tell you how much the mm. train tickets cost. And I get a lot of comments. How much does it cost? Yeah. I hate that question because if you look at flights, if you're like, how much does that flight cost? It depends on when you're booking it, how far in advance, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Tickets change all the time. Look it up yourself. You're an adult. You're not Expedia. No, I'm here to also, I get most of them for free, but that's another thing. So I don't (laughs) actually know how much they cost. I do see a lot of comments that are like instantly just saying, oh yeah, this is for rich people on these, uh, these train rides that you take, it's, I think it's just jealous people. <laughs> Sometimes it's true. That's true. Yeah. That's not, not wrong. But also not, there's not, that not element wrong. where it's like someone really wants to do something and they afford it like once a year. Yeah. You know, it's like a, a, a treat. I live in a six. I was looking for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your fingers moving. I found it for you. No worries. I live in a 600 square foot apartment, ground level. I call it a basement suite. My, Nicole, my partner, calls it a garden suite. But yeah, you know, so I, I guess I ride... The trains, and we don't live in anything nice or anything like that. You're a true Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, that's very bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Garden Suite is such a trick. 
Yeah. Peekaboo views <laughs> on like all these terms that they've got. Ocean view. Yeah. There's just a do baby you, outside your window doing this. Do you get any sunlight in your place? We get a reflection off the windows of the building across from us oh. that comes in for an <laughs> hour. Mr. Frenchman. Yeah. <laughs> you have a garage. <laughs> That's the dream. That is actually the Vancouver dream is to own a garage. No, I will flex that we are next to the laundry room. So we have the shortest walk to the laundry room compared to anyone else in the building. So that's our advantage. Is it coin operated? It is. No, okay. Well, that sucks. <laughs> I sh- also I share laundry. <laughs> I, I share laundry here and uh, it's free. Ooh. But I think it's just like a couple oh, of people who use it. Yeah, Because most people would have in suite here probably. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. that's the opposite of a flex you've got. Like, mine's, <laughs> mine's free, but. Everyone else has their own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Living the dream, boys. Living the dream. Yours is like a 45-minute walk, too. <laughs> yeah. Up a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Both ways. So tell us about uh, yourself. Let the people out there listening. Uh, who are you? Why the hell are you here? Great. Michael Downey. Born and raised in Vancouver. Still live here. Love it. Live six blocks away from my sister and a five-minute drive from my parents. I really haven't gone far. However... I tend to travel the world for a living. And every time I come home, Vancouver is home. Oh boy. What else to tell you? What do you want to know? Well, yeah, you got a YouTube channel that you have, there's quite a few people watching you every day. Uh, your life has changed. I would assume in the last few years. Yeah. Okay. So to speed run it, I like to play sports as a kid and played high level field hockey and made the junior national team very briefly. And then we didn't make the junior world cup. So they kind of disbanded the team. And then I started traveling and started working and enjoyed it and got a business degree and had a worked at a marketing job and then got laid off. Uh, We just lost our biggest client. And so my job became redundant. It wasn't for performance or anything like that. But um, it was at that point I was, okay, I can turn around and I can apply to another marketing agency or I can take this two-month severance that I have, the time and the money, and go figure out what maybe I actually want to do. And I spent most of that time traveling, filming my travels, and all my free time when I got home editing them. And I was like, I'm not bad at this. There's got to be a way I can make some money at this. And it was at that time another YouTuber made a video describing how he made money through YouTube. And it just, that's it, yeah. And it just clicked. I was like, I get it. I'm starting a YouTube channel right now from zero. And I applied for a job at a junk removal company. So I would have a job that would make some money for me while I start my YouTube channel. Because if you don't know, when you have zero subscribers, you make zero money. And I wanted a job that I would hate. So it would motivate me to make YouTube work faster. (laughs) When you have one subscriber, do you make $1? Does it work like that? Yeah. No. Okay. (laughs) You make much less. I think my first YouTube... The month I made, well, what the first month I made money off YouTube, which wasn't the first month, but down the line, I made 41 cents. Yeah. yeah. Jason and I had like 80 cents or something like that in the account one yeah. time. Yeah. And Still, think, that was last Tuesday. I, they won't even send it to you for that amount. No, no. no. You have to make $100. So yeah. it takes six months or more, but like you grow. But I remember when I went from 41 cents to $4.10 in a month over, you know, four months of change. And I went, okay, if I can 10 times this yeah. in four months, then you can scale that up. And if you can keep 10 times it every four months, which is not the case, but I was going to say the plateau <laughs> comes. Yeah, yeah, there is a point. But you, you, you can start to see the light, and you start keep you keep digging, keep working. Yeah, it's cool to start from zero. Um, I mean, we're starting from zero with this podcast, essentially. Yeah. So, but it's it's 
good to know that there is hope that at one point we started from zero with our other YouTube channels. Yeah. Yeah. With no plan. <laughs> yeah, no plan at all. Less Still, of a plan than hey, yeah. I was you had gonna, a swear word in your name. <laughs> yeah. Un, yeah, we were unmarketable as fuck, <laughs> <laughs> and it did well. Yeah, it seemed. Yeah. We were watching some videos uh, on your channel, and I, I was diving into the who I am, who am I videos. Oh yeah, and yeah, you said that after a year of YouTube, you only gained a thousand subscribers. Yeah, and that's when I decided to quit the the junk removal job because I needed to focus more time on YouTube and make that work. And that's when I took out a business loan from a bank and dug into that over the next year. And then my third year on YouTube was basically break even. So I'm still 40 grand in the hole, but I wasn't going deeper in the hole. And then the fourth year started to come out of the hole and five year, fifth year broke out basically and was profitable, like back paid back all the loans and is good. And the way my partner, Nicole, describes it is she has a good corporate job. So there were some months where, I'll admit, couldn't quite pay my half of the rent and she was happy to cover it. And her career will look very flat until you get your Christmas bonus or you get a promotion or you get uh, a raise of some sort. And it will always step up in levels, whereas mine even went down at the beginning but will curve up steeper and steeper with potentially endless revenue opportunity down the line. We crossed our fingers and hope she's right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, this seems a little crazy. Like, are you super passionate about creating videos and that kind of drove the desire to like get the loan and like keep pushing or? Yeah, I, so after two years, I had 5,000 subscribers and was realizing I'm not making as much money as I need to be to be living. I also started my YouTube channel at 29. So at 30, after the first year, I I'm working at a junk removal company. Everyone's getting promotions, buying houses, getting married. I work at a junk removal company trying to say I'm a YouTuber with 800 subscribers. It was, it took a lot to admit that. Plus I just started dating my partner, Nicole, right before um, I became a YouTuber. I still had my marketing job for like four months before I was laid off. So she met me as this like marketing guy, just a normal nine to five guy. And here I am saying I want to be a YouTuber and I'm meeting all of her friends for the first time and I am introducing myself and they're like, what do you do? I'm a, I'm a YouTuber. I needed to say that first, mm. not I work at a junk removal company, but then you have to back it up with, but I'm currently working at a, it was, you know, embarrassing for a 29 year old that felt like at 30, you should be, have, you should have achieved a lot more. And so, but after two years of YouTube, looking back, I'd been, I'd ridden on a tugboat, I had ridden with the snow groomers, just done things that no one else can do. You, you can't be a millionaire and buy a ticket to ride on a tugboat for a day. And all my friends are working in a cubicle and I'm just like, I, I can't do that. So if I can break even and keep doing this, then I just want to keep doing this. It just came to that. That's cool. I appreciate, or I, I respect speaking it into existence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, if other people think it's true or not, whatever, you got to. You believe it's true. Yeah. I will say I had a couple of months. So those, those break months where I'm like looking at it going 5k, I'm not making enough money. Is this it? Do I have to make a decision to go back and maybe just keep this on the side as a back burner kind of thing. And then that month, one of my videos took off and I doubled from 5,000 to 10,000 subscribers. And, you know, I get a bigger paycheck with that when that happens. And so I was like, okay, well, we can keep going. That was December and my birthday is in March. And I was like, okay, we'll go till my birthday and we'll see how we're doing there. And when it spikes, it just doesn't come down as far as it was before. It comes down a little bit higher than it was and it gets a little bit easier. And then you get 
a sponsor or something happens. And I was always able to just keep going. And I think one of my reasons for success, if I can call it that in quotation marks, <laughs> is I just never gave up. I just loved it. And so I just never gave up. Relentless. Do, were you ever <laughs> delusional? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, mostly just because I'm tired and I'll be working on one series and I'll be traveling in a different time zone, but working with my editors back here and having to send, like, review the video, record voiceover so it's midnight and I'm in a rental car and I should be sleeping. I have to be up at four hours, but instead I'm recording in a in a parking lot basically because so I don't disrupt my hotel room neighbors, which I've had before where I'm recording voiceover and you get the bang on the wall. They're like, turn it down, thinking yeah, I'm yeah. watching TV, which is a compliment that they thought I was a professional show already edited, but no. Delirious and delusional. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Do you think this is jumping ahead a little bit but do you think you work harder now or back then so i recently came to the realization that i left a nine to five job to pursue my own career in in what i want to do and the flexibility of travel and working whenever i want and we were just talking before this podcast that i recently got an office and now go to the <laughs> office nine to five and am you know managing people which is not what i envisioned doing before so it i think I work harder now. I definitely know I work harder now. You work, but I, I mean, when you were starting your YouTube channel and you're grinding, you're hustling, to get all the subscribers. I wasn't as knowledgeable. I was, I was doing what I think was working and it, it did work, but I definitely didn't work as hard then as I do now. Um, I think as I've grown, I've understood where the value is and where my value is and what I can hand off. So that's handing off editing. And um, I've actually grown to a point where I've two or three editors on the go, which you think means less work for you, but now I have to manage three projects on the go and be doing voiceover for them as well as filming three projects at once so they have something to film or edit next that I've... and But the other side of it is, well, I need to make sure I'm putting out content because if I'm not, then I don't have enough money to pay these employees that I have, et cetera. <laughs> so it's this never-ending sort of feedback loop mm -hmm. and... I'm, I'm at a breaking point where I need to figure that out. I need, either need to bring someone else on to kind of manage that side or I just need to pull back a little bit. I don't have the answer for that yet, but I'm definitely working more now than I was. This podcast is brought to you by Spicy Dice. And they have sent some instructions along with this ad read. They're saying whoever can do the silliest female voice will be Barb. I guess that's you, Dave. And the male character will be Mark, so up to us to decide who is who. Let's go with Matt. Hey, Barb. How have you been? I've actually been so happy ever since my new boy toy found Spicy Dice for his bike. Oh, really? Why is that? He got his bike all tricked out and color matched. I'm so into it. If you know what I mean, wink. No, to be honest, I really don't. But I guess I'm happy for you. You gotta trust me. Find and follow them on Instagram at spice.e.dice. Oh, totally. <laughs> we just read that word for word. Thanks for listening to this ad read. Back to the pod. So what jobs did you have uh, before you committed to YouTube? We know that you were a bartender. Yeah. Uh, at one point, uh, what else? Some what summer camp it? counselor was a big one for a couple of years and then was on the senior staff team there, like in charge of waterfront one year and program director another year. I was a valet 
uh, my first real non-camp job was uh, at a car dealership in Vancouver. And that came into play later when I started my YouTube channel. After the first year of junk removal, when I left, I still did need more money. It wasn't enough coming in off the YouTube channel, but I wanted it to be video related. So at least I'm working in the video space and practicing my skills and was charging a higher rate. So I was like, hey, what businesses do I know that need video? And I worked at car dealerships before, and I know they need to show off kind of who they are and what they do. And this one car dealership, well, I, I sent a resume and basically an email to a bunch of car dealerships, but this this one, they were like, yeah, we want you to make videos about the cars. And I was like, no, you don't. Like Mazda Canada can make better commercials for these cars than I can. Mm-hmm. You need to show what your 72-point inspection in the service department is. Like, what is that? And that you don't, no one knows that you have a detailing department. You can come and get your cars cleaned or what goes into it and uh, basically pitch them on five behind-the-scenes videos. And they were like, oh, that's, a, that's great. How much does that cost? And so I give them a number. And then I didn't understand. I didn't realize this, but they're owned by an umbrella company that has like five other dealerships in the area. And so basically once a month, I would just hop around making these different videos for these different, and they kept me in business for kind of two years. It was great. Um, so that was one. And then valet was another fantastic job. And I've picked up jobs. Where were you a valet? All the big hotels and okay. uh, restaurants downtown. <laughs> what was the nicest car you ever got to drive? A Lamborghini Murcielago, probably, but Aston Martins, Ferraris, whatever. I don't know. You ever uh, just a standard car in Vancouver, <laughs> Bent- Bentleys, yeah. like lots of those. Yeah, you ever uh, uh, fuck up a car? No, but we've heard a lot of horror stories oh. of of people who did. But I got uh, here's a good one. So I, well, okay, there's two at Gotham. I I worked at Gotham Steakhouse for a while, and you kind of get three waves of people. Five o'clock. It's all those that walk in after work from the towers next door, all the businessmen kind of thing. Seven o'clock is the dinner rush. That's people who are coming on dates and, and so on. And 10 p.m. is the late night crowd. And that's, there, were, there were rumors that there were gangsters that would come in, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, one of my days off, there was a, a drive-by shooting. And that luckily the valet, like someone was waiting to have the valet come get their car, you know, to hand them the keys as they go in. And they got shot and they were some sort of gang member, but the valet had been around the corner parking another car at the time. Didn't happen to me, but it was my, my stomping ground, if you will. But what did happen to me previously, which made me believe that that was absolutely possible to be a gang thing. I think we were kind of watched, not us, but the, the front of the restaurant. So I was watched by police. Cause one time I, this white Range Rover pulls up and I take the keys. The guy goes inside. I go to park and as I'm pulling into the parkade, two police come flying at me from both ends of the laneway and pin me in. And the music is blaring in this car, and I couldn't figure out where the radio was. I was, like, turning up the, the vents, and I'm trying to turn down the volume kind of thing. Anyway, the police walk up to the window, and they just see the valet on the jacket. They go, oh, you're the valet? I'm like, yeah. They're like, all right, you're fine. And they just drove off, and I was like, tell me more. I want to know. <laughs> so criminals out there. Wear a jacket that says valet. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a lesson. That's good. It's all about learning here. Yeah. Where were you a bartender? A number of different places, but the, probably the one 
referred to is during the 2010 Olympics, I worked at the German Fan Fest tent. No way. But this, I think, leads into a better story where... Oh, th- once again, Dave's uh, <laughs> files just finished transferring. He was exporting the last podcast. No, that, that, came, from, that came from his brain. He just, underst- <laughs> he just understood the last story. Yeah. Uh, the 20- I have a Neuralink hooked up to my computer. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh, the 2020, or sorry, the 2010 Winter Olympics came to Vancouver, and the yeah. German Fan Fest tent was set up near me. And I had applied actually to be a driver for NBC Television, that was also going to be broadcasting the Olympics. And I got hired, but I would have to basically the hours meant I would have to let go of my current job and just work for them for six weeks. Whereas if I took the German Fan Fest tent job as a bartender, it would be late at night, and I could work both jobs. So I opted to do that, but they. NBC was like, oh, well, we still need more drivers. Do you know anyone? So I got my dad hired. I got my best friend hired. And there were eventually 13 people hired through me. And they really liked me. So they kind of just kept me on the good list, I suppose. Well, 2014 Russia Sochi Olympics, they emailed me. And they're like, well, do you want to come be a driver for us in Russia? Yeah. So I did that. And again, 2018. Did you know that in Russia, a car drives you? Yes, I do Sorry. know that in Russia, you do not stop. There, there are no stop signs. You do not drive through puddles because there are manholes without manhole covers, potholes that are deep as can be, and you just you just keep you just never stop. You, that's what you're told, basically. A to B. You stop at the end. That's it. Wow. So, which of all the jobs that you've had, other than being a YouTuber, paid the best? Snowplow driver, actually. That's what oh. I missed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And, and it was done everything. It, it was the year everyone was laughing at me. They're like, where are you going to do that in the mountains? I was like, no, I'm hired by a company in Vancouver. Like, we never get snow here. That was the year we got a mm-hmm. foot of snow twice. And Christmas Eve into Christmas Day, it, it dumped over a foot. And I worked 25 hours straight. Pretty sure that's not legal, but I made bank in overtime. <laughs> and was that like 2008 or something? Yes, yeah. I'm glad you remember. Thank, thank you. The, my favorite <laughs> moment from that is, uh, I mean, we, we had contracts for all the hospital parking lots and Safeway parking lots, grocery mm. stores. And you'd have to go salt it when it was, you know, two degrees or colder kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But driving down this laneway to get to one of the grocery stores, I guess. And this guy, so it's so behind Broadway. So there's all these small businesses. And this guy's about eight stalls behind his business. And he's out there. It's a, a foot of snow, wet snow. It's so heavy. He's gotten three square feet done and he's out shoveling. And you know, it's like his wife has sent him back there to do it and she'll run the store kind of thing, like mom and pop shop. And I'm just driving down the lane and I see this guy and I just pull into the first stall and drop my plow. And he just stood up and looked at me and slowly walked backwards out of my way. And I just pushed all of it to, to the side and just cleared it in one push. And he just waved and I drove off and you know, he just walked back inside to his wife and she's like, there's no way you're done already. And, and she would come out. <laughs> and, I wish I could have seen what happened after. That was great. Did you guys have any of you ever uh, shoveled a driveway and been paid for it? Like going around the neighborhood asking, can I shovel your driveway, ma'am? No, no. I, no. I hated going door to door. I raked leaves and mowed lawns. How much would you ask for? Or did you ever ask for something? Yeah, the reason yeah, yeah. I ask is because on Reddit, some kid asked, he posted, posted a thread, like, what's the going rate for driving or for plowing, driving. shoveling a driveway? Someone mm. said 50 bucks. 50? Yeah, 50 bucks. For a kid? It's yeah. like a million dollars. And all, like what size <laughs> driveway, you know? I would have said 20. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I asked 20. five bucks for mowing lawns and I, five just, bucks. I just felt like I was getting hosed and I think we finally upped it to 10, but yeah, it was a lot of work. What about raking the leaves? You make good money there. So it's about the same. And that was a lot more work. Holy smokes, man. Yeah. That's yeah. when you get the, the, uh, how many, you got to rake a lot of leaves to save up for a leaf blower. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I really wanted to save up for a Porsche. I was like 13 <laughs> and you know, that was like I, the car I wanted. And when I became a valet, I saved up enough money. And my, my second car was a 1976 Porsche 911. Oh, oh wow. Nice. Air cool. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. My Red God. tan leather interior. It was beautiful for two years until the transmission broke and was going to cost like $16,000 to fix. Sounds like every Porsche story yeah. ever from that era. Yeah. But dreams do come true, kids. Keep raking leaves. What, what was the worst job? <sighs> and also, I'm sorry, I never got you water. Let me get you some water. The worst job. Customer service jobs are not great. Do you ever feel like you're in customer service still on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question <laughs> and i i won't answer it yeah. i think my worst job was retail i worked at a uh, like a clothing store for six months and hated it. and the first opportunity that i was offered something else i called my manager i was like i'm not coming in tomorrow and and just burnt that bridge and i never recommend doing that but i did not want to go back and i haven't looked back so the thing they don't tell you is at a certain age that reference isn't really going to matter. <laughs> like, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you're going to be like, Oh yeah, that retail job. Like, yeah. yeah. As long as you've done something else. Yeah. Well, especially when you already have another job exactly. in, in the direction you want to go, you no longer need that retail reference, which is no. if it's not related at all to the exactly job. Yeah. Move on. Well, watching one of your, uh, who am I videos, you said you walked off on another job too, your junk removal job. Yeah. That so it one, sounds like you've maybe walked off a couple jobs. Those are the two jobs I've ever done. <laughs> I swear I'm a fantastic employee and uh, I For hope. a guy that loves transport, you do burn a lot of bridges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the junk removal one was pretty dramatic in the sense that I we'd had a lot of bad job sites. We'd had rainy days and you go to pick up a cardboard box that's on this job site and it just crumbles in your hands. We've had, I've had to train new guys and we've had, I don't know, all sorts of bad experiences at a junk removal, as you could expect. Oh, bed bugs. We were the only company oh. in the city that did bed bugs re removal. And I swear, like we, you wear those full white suits and duct tape your wrists and gloves and everything. So you can't, but as soon as you get back in the truck and have taken those off, you're like, am I itchy oh. or is this in my head? Oh, everyone listening is now itchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Damn, well, my ears itchy now. Jason. Yeah. Why'd you do that? I mean, the, the the oh, one of the bed bug jobs there's just the back of this couch he was like yeah i think the couch needs to go and we're like okay and we pull it forward and the entire back of the couch is crawling i'd never no seen way it. did he even know did, was he aware it he was like an old man and his daughter was coming to clear the stuff out because he didn't notice and he was he had just been sitting on it like in his pajamas it was oh, oh. Awful. god that's sad man uh, yeah um, but this one particular day i was training a new guy it was raining and it was the most disgusting job site it had. People are just chucking turkeys over the fence that we have to like shovel up off this job site and stuff. And it, what? Wait, turkey. Hold on. What, yeah. what, what did I miss? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. Like this, it's a construction site. Like and Thanksgiving when, turkeys <laughs> or like frozen like, turkeys or live turkeys. <laughs> Not live, but like a turkey that had been cooked and 
eaten and like the carcass oh, is left over. Okay, and, okay. And like soaking wet mattresses and every disgusting thing that you can think of has been tossed over this fence. You can make good soup with those. <laughs> I don't know what you're complaining about. Mattress soup. I haven't had that in a while. <laughs> no, not the mattress, the turkey <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, well, bed bugs, but who knows what those taste like in a slow cooker, but... Yeah. Um, it was just one of those moments where all I could think about was the YouTube projects and the client video projects that I had on my hard drive and like waiting to be edited. And I'm here dealing with this and I was just like, it's not worth it anymore. Making this $20 an hour, I think it was maybe 25, but knowing what I'm going to work towards and, and make more and follow my dreams, I was like, that's it. And so I could have finished the end of the day. It was a Thursday midday. I could have even done one more day and told him, all right, I'm not coming in next week. And he would have absolutely understood. But I went back to the office. This new guy is like, aren't we supposed to go dump this garbage? I was like, oh, I just have to go you know, talk to the boss for a second. He's like, all right. He was so annoying, by the way. That's, <laughs> that, did, that did contribute. And I um, anyway, walk in, told the boss, I was like, look, this is nothing about you. I'm not mad at you. This is about me. I'm really, really sorry. And handed him the keys. And he was, he was not happy. He's like, get out of here. And I basically, I, I ride a motorcycle. I put my helmet on and, and left and I was like crying on the way home. Oh. And I don't cry often, but this was, it just felt like such a big moment. And I knew I didn't want to call him in three weeks and be like, Hey, do you have any part-time work anymore? Like it needed to be done. I needed to move forwards to YouTube. And uh, it worked. I remember calling Nicole, my partner, before leaving too. And I was like, I'm quitting. And she's like, okay, I support you. Let's do this. Whereas one year prior, she was like, oh, this YouTube thing's a phase. It'll pass. <laughs> and it hadn't. So she she jumped on board. And there we go. Nice. Yeah. So what are some of the cool things you've been up to recently? I mean, so much. I don't, you probably don't even know where to begin. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um Okay, some of the things I'm proud of. I pretty much just ask, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a great question? You up? <laughs> well, it, it, no, it's a good question. It's uh, beginning of 2023, so I kind of did a look back on 2022 and some of the videos that I'm proud of and whatnot. And one of the ones that came up was this big series I did across Canada. So when COVID hit, couldn't travel. So I did a lot of Vancouver videos through 2020, British Columbia videos through 2021, and started filming a big Canada series to showcase that. And that came out in 2022. But I was the, I'm the only YouTuber to have partnered with the Canadian Coast Guard. And they just have, it's a government agency. They have strict protocol about who can put the messaging out. Uh, you know, and if they do, it generally has to be in French and English and only with approved production companies, et cetera. And so to be able to be the first YouTube YouTuber to break that red tape, if you will, was an honor and get to ride on the hovercraft that we have here in BC and in their brand new $25 million helicopter simulator. And I was basically after the chief training instructor, I was the second person to fly it and I'm not a helicopter pilot. Um, but that only happened because I had been given a TV show basically, but that was they licensed my show that I had already built and they just wanted to put that on TV. So it was just a big culmination of the five years I had been on YouTube, building, 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 and everything coming together. And of course, being a Canadian, I was really proud to showcase Canada. And I partnered with Destination Indigenous and showed an Indigenous experience, um, tourism-based experience in each province. And it was kind of my big hurrah to Canada, if you will. 
loved that. And that was a great start. And then I did a big American series where I was able to, you know, surprise my mom for her 65th birthday with a luxury train trip to her dream destination of Utah, where she had never, ever been. And watching her face light up as soon as she saw the red rocks of Utah. And I took her on this Hummer tour. It's just been really rewarding to look back and see how far I've come from vlogging on a little GoPro about like a garage sale I'm having to now being able to do these much bigger things. And then also recently I've heard from a lot of people that actually I was just on this trip yesterday uh, or two days ago on the train from Jasper to back to Vancouver through the Rocky mountains and met people who are like, I watch your videos and you inspired me to take this train trip. No way. Yeah. And you're on the train. And I'm them. on the train with wow. them. What are the odds of that? That's pretty cool. <laughs> that was, that was a lot of fun. It was a really fun train trip. Did you hit the affiliate links? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we often don't hear how, what kind of impact we have. And, you know, it's can be a very lonely job when you come up with the ideas. You guys are lucky. You have a team. I actually like was really jealous and looking up to you guys that you have this group of friends and you each have your own strengths. And some of you will be the editors and some of you will be the videographers and some of you are better on camera and some of you are better planning and so on. But I always had to do it all myself and I just wanted that team or those friends to do it with. But of course I think that comes with you're now splitting revenue, however many different ways where I take the full risk and the full reward, I suppose. But um, I forget where I was going, but I'm jealous of you guys. What's it like flying a helicopter simulator? <laughs> it, it took, um, it's very difficult. And it took me about four minutes until I was feeling very sick. Oh, yeah. Oh. Just like it, it just, if you can't hover it flat, like the first time it's constantly moving back and forth and it's all digital screens rather than being able to look out. And so I got a little, uh, sick did you take off did you land what happened you crash i took off no problem the landing is the hard part okay yeah is it did you make a video on this uh yeah it's in my ontario episode of my cross canada by train series oh, so man, that the, sounds wicked it's a fantastic series but it's it didn't do very well on youtube because they were titled they, they were such broad concepts of taking the train then you know with the coast guard in that episode then doing an indigenous experience then doing something else that i'd always wanted to try and you know, seeing one more thing and then we're back on the train. It's, how do you encapsulate that in a YouTube title? It's not just Saskatchewan and who wants to click on Saskatchewan? Yeah. So <laughs> we have this exact problem. Yeah. <laughs> interesting to talk about this. I mean, what, what's your current frustration level with uh, titles and thumbnails and, you know, a good video versus a poor performing video? Like where are you at right now? I think I learned a lot through that series and so revamped my whole concept and built out my American series, which was based off of YouTube titles and thumbnails first, and it was highly successful. And I mean, episode mm. one of that series, everything was driven. My whole concept now is to be driving for new subscribers and everything needs to be approachable to a new viewer that doesn't know me at all and bring them into the loop really, really quickly and tell them what's going on. We're on this big trip across America. And that happens in every single video, whether you're, you, you know, episode five goes viral and someone watches, they need to know they missed four episodes and what happened in those so they can go back and watch them. Or they're just up to speed and moving forward from here on out and want to be there and want to subscribe. But uh, episode one, grew me by 50,000 subscribers alone in that, in that one video because it was basically a big hype teaser video 15 minutes long about this whole series. But here's the problem with filming a series. I have to film 10 episodes, which takes me 
10 weeks so that I have all of the footage to put into episode one as a massive teaser mm-hmm. to get everyone hooked, which then means it, it has taken me two and a half months to film it. I had to plan it ahead of time, usually a month, and you have to pay for flights, tickets, rental cars, hotel rooms, etc. So your upfront fees are there. Then the editing team edits throughout, and it takes them uh, about four months to edit the two and a half months of footage. And by the time you're putting out the series, sponsors don't pay f- until six weeks after their final video goes out. So I started buying tickets for everything in March and I didn't get paid until December. So nine months of having invested a lot of money. And I basically took out another loan. Like I put my whole savings into it again and took out a loan into it again. And so I'm like starting my... S- fifth year on YouTube where I was finally profitable and I'm going back in the hole and betting it all on this series and really hope what I've learned over the last five years works and pays off. And luckily it did, but that I, I, so I guess thumbnails and titles first and really serve an audience that doesn't know you and your, your audience knows you and they'll be along for the ride and they're, they're happy, but that's my theory at this point. It's good advice. It's good. Sorry, I'm so yeah, cool. Yeah, Thanks for coming by. Yeah, I'll see you later. <laughs> We're gonna take that advice and go make some videos. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what do you think is more important? Because we, sometimes we struggle. We make a video that we're like, "Oh, this is so good, so proud, good job, everybody. We killed it from point A to point B. What a great video, so entertaining." Yeah. And then we struggle like hell with the thumbnail and the title, and then the video yep. doesn't do so well. Right. And we're like, "Well, what's the problem? Is it the title? Is it the thumbnail? Or was the video not that good?" I think it's the thumbnail and the title. It's, it's got to be because if you guys know how to make banger videos and what I've learned too is I used to put a lot of focus and I got to fill this with as much as I can. And I, I still do. You want to film, fill the video with as much great content as possible. You want to pack it full. So they're, they're getting delivered what they need to. But what I realized is I, w- I would be so focused on telling them all this stuff that they should know, or I think they should know, et cetera. Whereas if I get a banger thumbnail and title and I don't, book the tickets until I know exactly what the thumbnail is. And I've like watched other videos on it and I go, I need that shot right there. That's my thumbnail. This is the title. All right, let's do it. And then it doesn't matter what happens in the video. I'm just sharing my experience and I'm going to make it as interesting as I can and Mm -hmm. edit the video as well as possible. But it just needs to be a story that's going to get the viewer from A to B to the end of the video. And whatever happens is a part of that experience. So for Example, one of my best performing videos is a 43-minute video, and it's taking Amtrak's most scenic train. And it's it's like a very long train. I think it was 53 hours or something like that. And I knew exactly what thumbnail I wanted. Well, 43 minutes is a long video, but that's because everything kept going wrong. And that's perfect for me. Who wants to make content? Everyone else on the train was upset because we were actually 20 hours late arriving to the destination. So they've missed their meetings or they've missed their connecting flights or they've missed whatever. But for me, it meant that they were letting us off in this town because we're stuck behind a freight train that's will be, will be broken down for the next five hours. We're going to the distillery and the brewery. We're meeting everyone on board. I was posting to Instagram and my followers were uh, like bringing food to this next station. No way. Oh yeah. It was a, it was like a great time. And then we're, it's the train is called the California Zephyr. And as we're actually getting to California, we're so far behind schedule that we're now actually going to be going through it all at night when it's supposed to be going through the Sierra Nevadas during the day. 
And so I look at Will, who I'm traveling with. I'm like, this is the whole point of the video. It's the California Zephyr. We're going through at night. We can't miss California. We got to get off in Reno and get a hotel room. And we're going to catch the next train, which comes through tomorrow. They're supposed to be 24 hours behind each other or, or more. Well, this one is now we're so far behind. This one's caught up to us. And like, we'll just catch that one when it comes through in eight hours and it'll be daytime. And the viewer was just there with us the whole time because that's what they want. They just want adventure. They just want to see you guys have fun riding bikes, but you need an interesting topic to get them to click. And after that, they're just happy to watch. And, and here's my other side of this is, you know, some of my, one of my, my actual best performing video is Canada's 48 hours on Canada's most luxurious train. Very appealing topic. People go, I didn't know Canada had a luxury train. What is that like? You know, how luxurious is it? Those kind of questions run in your head. So you go, great, I'll click it. The thumbnail is good. It's me in front of this blue and gold train with a red carpet. And it's very intriguing. But after I've shown you, oh, it has some leather seats and a little dome car. And you have two outlets at your chair or something. And I don't even show you that part. I do a bathroom tour, which people love. But beyond that, it's a three-minute video. They've gone, great, you've got seats, you've got a bathroom, dining room downstairs, done. So to get them past that point, you have to have them sort of fall in love with you or the story or the character that you're with. And that one was, I brought my dad, and you introduce the train right away. So you've given them, they came to see the train, you give them the bathroom tour, the seat, and then you introduce your dad and why this train trip is important to him. And now they're like, okay, let's, let's, I'm intrigued. Let's go see where this train goes. And it was a two-parter And that. I mean, that one has 5.3 million views. I've seen that video. Yeah. I haven't seen all your videos, but no, I've no, seen no. that video. It's a great video. Fair. Yeah. yeah. And so what yeah. I've discovered is, is really the story within the video, but you have to deliver on what your thumbnail is first. Mm-hmm. They're not going to click for like my dad, 48 hours with my, actually they could, they could 48 <laughs> hours with my dad or something. But they click for the train, you give them that, and then you draw them into the overall storyline that's more interesting. Well, we were saying you're very personable. You're very good on camera. You're good at vlogging. You don't give a damn about who you're, where you are, who you're around. You'll just pull out the camera and start talking. Where do you get that from? Knowing I needed to, to make mm. YouTube work. Mm. Again, it was those first three years of oh, the amount of times I was in public and someone's walking down the sidewalk and I just put the camera down and just stand there awkwardly until they've walked past. And then I put the camera back up and do, and realize that they don't care. And there was actually one moment that I had where it was a Tuesday and I was up skiing and kind of vlogging and uh, pulled it up to vlog something in the chairlift line. And this woman kind of just looks over from the other line, looks at me and just gives me that look of like, oh, they're like, these so-called influencers or, or millennials these days are so self-absorbed and all that (laughs) stuff. And I, it just, she just had this little smirk and I hated it. Mm -hmm. But then I realized, Oh, you're paying to be here and you've maybe taken a day off work as well. And I'm actually being paid to be here. So who's laughing now? I didn't say any of that. That just went (laughs) in my head. And that was a, a light bulb moment for me that I'm like, no, I'm, I'm proud of what I'm doing. And I'm, you know, really proud that I've made it this far and able to take friends and family along the way and create more opportunities and inspire others. And, you know, she sees it from the outside of just this self-absorbed guy, but she doesn't, she doesn't see my videos. Exactly. And, and then I hope she's listening. Yeah. <laughs> you know who you are. Karen. <laughs> and then uh, as soon as you start getting big enough and recognized and hearing the stories of people like COVID as a travel vlogger, when the pandemic hit, it's very difficult to be, stop traveling. And that was when I was starting to get a lot of upward momentum on my channel. And I felt very stifled and upset kind of thing. And 
Well, then you hear people that moved to Vancouver during the pandemic and they watched all of my Vancouver videos. And, and at that time, I, I mean, November, October, November, December of 2020, I had just been grinding on Vancouver videos. Oh, the history of this, or here's a hidden gem. And they were great, but like, I didn't love that. I didn't want to do that. That's not why I started YouTube. This is when I caught on to your videos. Yeah. The Vancouver it, content. It was my most successful time at, at that time. And I was the least happy because I wasn't doing what I actually wanted to be doing. And I remember I was filming one of these hidden gems videos and I was halfway through the day and I stopped for lunch and I was just sitting in my car and I didn't want to go to the next location to keep filming. And someone came and knocked on my window and he's like, Danny live. I was like, Hey, he's like, I work at global TV and just want to let you know, we all watch and mm. we're just like, we're loving what you're doing. You know, keep it up kind of thing. And I just needed that to keep going that afternoon. And I knew eventually travel would come back and I just needed to grind to get through that and, and keep going. And a lot of vloggers that were the same size as me at that time, they didn't keep grinding through. They were like, no, I'm a travel. I'm just going to wait it out. And they've never been able to go back. They found other jobs. And so I maybe wasn't happy for three, three months there, but I'm really glad that I pushed through. And now I, I, now I get to do what I want. Yeah, I think it's just your persistence. Like I've heard that about people that try to make it as actors, right? Yeah. And they keep auditioning. And I can't remember who said it, but someone said, if you just stay in line long enough, like you'll right. get to the front of the line. Yeah. Because everyone else is going to leave the line. Yeah. Eventually, even if you're like an actor, you're trying to make it, you're 50. There's not that many people that are, you know, following a certain niche at that age because they drop off. Right. So I think just, yeah, sticking with it. How, how many people want to be a YouTuber and drop off when they realize how hard it is to yeah. get your first 10,000 mm -hmm. subscribers and they quit. So mm -hmm. if you just keep going and you can grab those few at a time. Yeah. You'll and on there. that note, subscribe to the Feeding Off Each Other <laughs> podcast. We are severely depressed. We have <laughs> only 1,000 subscribers. Please. Make our well, lives well, better. We're at like 1,500 now. 1,500. All right. Settle down. I, sorry, I just don't look. It's ignorance <laughs> is bliss. <laughs> cool. Well, see you yeah, later. See you later. <laughs> really fun, well, guys. Thank you. Still absorbing. David, we need the uh, the family guy like transition noises to come back. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. here. Hold on. Uh, I've been oh. so entranced in your conversation that I haven't even touched the soundboard. There we go. Oh. Uh, and we're back. Doesn't that feel refreshing? Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. So we are all trained virgins here. Um, oh, you guys got to try it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, and here's a great que question that I get asked too. Like, where did the train thing come from? Because I'll say I'm not a train nerd mm -hmm. or I was never a train fan. You're a train I was, cool guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I uh, was definitely a fan of just transportation. I was huge into, like I said, cars, you know, my second car was a Porsche. I ride a motorcycle. I love riding bikes. I love travel and flying. I'm not huge into planes. They get me from A to B. They get me to where I want to be. And trains are big and cool. Sure. All this stuff. But I am an adventure travel vlogger that I have to make interesting content. And so I was invited to a wedding in San Francisco. And instead of just flying home to Vancouver, I'm like, what's the rush? I have I can edit from anywhere on my laptop. What do I need to get home for? Nothing. I need to make something interesting. Why don't I, I'll take the train. It's 24 hours to get from San Francisco back to Vancouver. I'll make a little video on that. And also what happened was I was a, a little bit hungover after the wedding. And so instead of vlogging the entire experience the way I normally would, I did vlog it, but I did a lot of voiceover after the fact. And that really changed the game for me. This, this was my first big video to really pop off big time kind of thing. 
And it's a combination of the train being a really interesting concept to people that have either never taken the train or they are those so-called train fans that we talked about earlier. Um, and I think my style with the train video was very different from the traditional train nerds that make those videos that are like, this is an FP 400 locomotive and it's riding on standard gauge rails, blah, 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 that the average person doesn't care about. Whereas I was focused on the overall experience and how fun and interesting it can be and, and different. And I kind of brought like a normal person perspective i'm using these in quotes very gently yeah. i love my train <laughs> if you're fans. a nerd out there don't yeah. take offense yeah. you just kind of make it accessible yeah yeah mm. and really bring in a wider audience that's looking for a different way to travel other than being jammed into a plane i guess so that's when i first discovered the train and using voiceover in the videos was way a way that i could speed up the whole storytelling narrative or parts that would I, I, when you don't know what's coming up how can i lead into that mm -hmm. but when you do voiceover you can script the story however you want and i know it's going to end this way so how can i build up to that or, or you know make the story more full in some way with that and so that what really worked and it got six hundred thousand views kind of really quickly and i said oh i'm doing another trip to see a friend why don't i fly to a different location i'll take the train 24 hours again in coach class this time and that one hit a million views in three weeks and when you get a million views that pays your rent for many months and i went oh, okay Let's do a little bit more of this. Months. What's your rent? 500 bucks or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, Those train ads being like, placed on your videos must be worth a lot. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> yes. <I'm>, Holy <laughs> smokes. Uh, I'll, I think I could tell you. Uh, my RPM was $22, $24 over the holidays, and it's generally kind of $15 throughout the year, which I think is pretty high. Holidays are great for YouTube ads. Yeah. Uh, indeed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's when I went, okay, well, let's lean into that a little bit. And really, it's not about the train for me, but it was always a way for me to make an interesting adventure and tell a story about where you're going, or it's not about where you're going, it's about the journey on the way. And that goes back to that story of Amtrak's most scenic train that's 43 minutes long, but it's all these little side quests and side adventures that happen, the people you meet. And yeah, it's just much more social. So this train that I took just two days ago from Jasper to Vancouver, I mean, it you're greeted with mimosas on board on the via rail. And then there was a wine tasting in the afternoon and you just sit in the dome car through the Rocky mountains. And I'm like, this is the best way to travel. Why would I fly to Jasper when I could take the train and have this? So that's how I think. Yeah. I've looked into, because of you, I've looked into the Rocky mountain or maybe it was the other way around. I was looking into the Rocky mountain and, and found me. It was it called the Rocky mountain, Rocky mountaineer, Rocky mountaineer. And then maybe, was yeah i looked into it and it looks really cool it's a bit of a pricey ticket maybe like mm -hmm. four grand if you want to have it like is. a real he nice doesn't pay for tickets though. right we know we know <laughs> yeah. but normie over here he calls himself a normie i'm a real normie uh that one's pricey but there's the via rail which is less expensive right that's what's the difference like it's that's more just like a taking like the bus isn't it it's not i mean it is but it's much better and that's what surprised me i was on the via rail and that's what had mimosas and wine tasting and you get a you can buy a berth ticket which is the least expensive sleeper ticket it includes meals on board you sit in a dining room with a white linen tablecloth and actual like silver cutlery and 
uh, there's a bar and a lounge. All right, you back. had me at Silver Cutlery. I'm in. I'm <laughs> you in. had me at bar. <laughs> you had me at giving birth. I, I literally met. Yeah. I literally met friends, like not actual friends, but I met people that became friends by the end of this trip because you're with them for 24 hours. And I was was going to Whistler yesterday, and they were like, "We're thinking of going Whistler," and I was like, "Come with me. I'll drive you up." And we spent the day in Whistler together yesterday. I just realized I did take a train. I took the via rail. I took the via rail from Quebec city to Montreal or something, but uh, there was some alcohol involved. So great. (laughs) sounds like a memory. Yeah. Can't do that in a car. (laughs) It was not mimosas. I'll tell you. Yeah, You could in the car. (laughs) It's just not wise. I can, I can bring silver cutlery into my car, Michael. What, I, well, what? that's a video. Making my car into a train experience. That, that's great. <laughs> Let's trademark do it. it. Trademark. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Transportainment yeah. and its finest. Yeah. Transportainment. So, uh, yeah, what, what's like the first, if we want to go on a train experience, what do you yeah. recommend? Like the easiest for us. You can pick a destination that you already want to go to. And then that way, if the train experience is bad, at least you end up somewhere you want okay. to be. That's wise. Hawaii. Or you could just, <laughs> yeah, there train's is a train in Hawaii. No, no, from here to Hawaii. No, no. <laughs> Underwater. Uh, there's a train in Hawaii. Yeah. Where? On one of the islands. It's on an old like sugarcane. Okay. What do you call that? Uh, Plantation? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Train, wow. Hawaii. There's a Jose Cuervo train. There's a wine tasting train in Napa Valley. There's a sake train in Japan that's shaped like a barrel and you just stand. It's like a moving bar. I mean, Japan has a ton of wild trains where you mm-hmm. can, it's the fastest modern art museum in the world. It's a high speed train with almost no seats and just modern art all over the place. And you walk up and down and, they have one where you put your feet in a foot bath at 400 kilometers an hour. The little fishies that like eat yeah. the dead skin. What? Nice. Yeah. 400 kilometers an hour. Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. In the train. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the water was trapped. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. swimming yeah. 400. All right. Okay. Into your feet. The, the your Hawaiian feet. Railway, Railway Society uh, in Oahu. Yeah. Oh, very it's actually nice. the whale ray and there's yeah. whales and stingrays. That was uh, tough for me to get out. <laughs> <laughs> so I start with wherever you're comfortable. Maybe it's a price range that you've got. Maybe it's Wait, something else. I looked into the one to Oregon. Okay. Well, yeah. Actually, so my partner, Brooke, she had a great story. I actually was kind of honestly half listening there um, <laughs> because I was I was trying to make some uh, questions for this podcast. What was your story? She her I, we, I, we asked her about, she, she brought up that she had taken the train to Portland. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I've thought about doing that. How was it? And she was like, terrible. And I'm like, okay, why? And she goes, oh, it took us four days to get there or something. Holy cow. And I was I like, awesome. yeah, <laughs> I was like, how many days is it supposed to? T-? I thought it was like nine hours or something. Yeah. And, uh, and then apparently it got, what was it? There's a toilet that backed up. Yeah, a toilet that backed up. And I was like, okay, but aside from the toilet, you know, right. it was good. She's like, no. And then she said it, how long it took. And I was like, okay, well, then aside from that, was it good? She's like, well, then there was a gunman on, on the train. <laughs> I was like, how do you not start with gunmen? <laughs> I'm already thinking this would make a fantastic YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> Brooke, why are you filming? Come on. Thumbnails. You're just rock too easy. hard thinking <laughs> about that video. <laughs> but, and, and like, fair enough, there are a lot of awful train stories. Well, there's train robbers. Jesse James. Still? The Sundance Kid, Butch Cassidy. Yeah. No, I don't know. In like the 1900s. <laughs> yeah. Was like, yeah, 1875. But just like any other travel, transportation method, there are horror stories from, we saw from the airlines sure. this year. Yep. Um, buses, highways will get closed due to, like things happen. 
And I that sounds like an anomaly story. No, it that sounded kind of fun. I was I kept being like, oh, this still sounds cool. And I, maybe <laughs> very this is, strong thumbnail. Maybe this is yeah. just me being a very social outward person. Yeah. But those are the kind of experiences where you walk out with all those other passengers and you've bonded over this wild oh, yeah. experience. And I mean, I still stay in touch with people I've met on trains because you just get it's a social space. I don't know. You talk. You just don't talk on an airplane. Yeah. Nothing definitely. bonds you like mm -hmm. being pissed off about the same thing. Yeah. Mm. Like I got off a plane and we couldn't get through the first doors, like the little glass doors at um, in uh, Toronto. Oh yeah. At Pearson, and everyone just started getting so incensed because there was no reason we couldn't get out. It was just a security person needed to come. We were in there for like forty minutes and we all became like friends. Yeah. Through our mutual yeah. frustration. <laughs> We're going to start a mutiny. Can, can I tell you a, a recent Toronto Pearson yes. story? So spent the holidays in Ontario with my partner's family and we're flying home from Toronto back to Vancouver and our, where our flights delayed by an hour, but no big deal. Now, Nicole, I have to preface this. Nicole, my partner bought this with points. And so we got business class seats. And so I'm in one F. So when you board, I'm the very first seat you see. And Anyway, every, so we board first and then everyone boards after and they're all walking past you and it's awkward. So you just look down at your phone and start watching whatever. Anyway, our flight was delayed by an hour, but we're comfortable because we're in business class. And then we finally push off and we go to the runway and then they're like, announcement, sorry, we have to turn back and go to the gate. There's been a medical emergency on board. And so we're like, okay. Fire department shows up and this person luckily is able to walk off. They don't need to bring a stretcher or anything on. The next morning, I get a DM that was from someone who goes, I'm so sorry I delayed your flight, but I hope you guys got back okay. And I was like, she was like, I was the medical emergency. And I, she saw me, recognized me, and chose to DM me. And I was like, oh, my God, no, it's totally fine. But then I felt like she saw me in first class, and I had to be like, yes, we used points. So I was quite <laughs> comfortable up there. The only line I get is the reflection off no. a building. Yeah. It's 600 square foot. Coin laundry. <laughs> yeah. A real yeah, piece, exactly. of, a piece of shit. I just the think you need to know. Coin laundry, yeah. <laughs> I did own a Porsche, but it's an old one. Yeah. <laughs> it broke down really fast. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. But it's, it's, I mean, that's an interesting thing is that when we put ourselves out on the internet and you show everything that you have or like the travel experience that I'm having, you can look like a spoiled brat or the really rich or a trust fund kid. Like I've been called a trust fund kid. And in that video, I described that I worked at a junk removal company and took out a loan. And I was like, did you, I guess you didn't finish watching the video, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, people will make judgments about you and you feel like you have to defend yourself. And it, there's also this fear that you could get canceled for something you say or even said five years ago. It's in an old video. Leave this did, podcast. You were talking podcast. about how Hitler had some good ideas that before, I did not, that, that, no. before the podcast, I think. <laughs> that was our podcast once again. Dave, that was you. That was you. Oh. The very first podcast. Yeah. Oh. I'm thinking of shaving uh, basically. <laughs> So should, should we talk about bikes or something? Is that yeah, something we you can guys talk about do? bikes? We saw you riding bikes in uh, Sun Peaks. Yeah. Bikes is yeah. not a, it's not our whole personality. It's not a okay? bike podcast for the well, record. Speak for yourself. Right, just like just I'm not a train a guy. <laughs> I get it. Okay, all right, good. all right, all right. That's fair. Fair enough. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, we did see you riding uh, at Sun Peaks. We watched a crash video. Uh, oh yeah, you yeah. Eating shit on Sun Peaks. So I mean, I'll, way back in elementary school, I had this awesome bike. It was a Kona bike, a little cross country mountain bike with shocks. Loved which, which it. Which one? Do you the know? Hanihana or something. Okay, yeah. And um, Christmas Day, well, we my family went down to 
Disneyland for Christmas this one year. It was amazing. We got a call from our neighbor on Christmas Day, and we're like, oh, Mr. Barrington, Merry Christmas. And he's like, yes, yes, thanks, you too. Just want to let you know, did you leave your garage unlocked? And we were like, no, we definitely didn't. He's like, well, it's definitely been broken into. So that was our Christmas Day news, and my mountain bike had been stolen. Dude. And so. It took a very similar story here. The trust fund took a hit that day. (laughs) That's right. And so, I mean, it really did because my (laughs) my unicycle was also stolen. So everything. I was in the day. Why did you have a unicycle? I I went to circus camps like (laughs) regularly, and I can't be cheap. Come on, enjoy it. Oh yes, because I splurged and bought myself half a bicycle. This looked not even a half. But <laughs> no. the juggling balls were probably pretty pricey yeah, as well. Those, yeah. yeah. The, the price on those go up and down, but yeah. <laughs> we nice. were broken into, my family's broken into no. three days after Christmas and they took five mountain bikes. Oh, yeah. that's awful. So anyway, eventually years later, I replaced it and that one also got stolen out of a locked garage. Yeah. And then I was like, fine, well, I'm buying a tandem bike then because then I'm going to want to ride around and meet people or it'll be great for dating and things mm-hmm. like stolen as well. So I've had what? dating two and a half bikes plus a tandem bike all stolen from locked garages. It's like four bikes. I, like, I think the tandem was stolen by two people. And I hope. rode it away together <laughs> and they had like a baguette and like and they, they were on a it. date. Yeah, they yeah. were on a date. They, they were stole. on a date. Hey babe, let's go steal a bike. Yeah, blind burgling. I thought you were just like, I'm going to get a more annoying bike to steal. (laughs) That's what I thought thought too. We just keep adding seats and wheels. Well, and then on top of that, I helped, uh, this is, I guess, four years ago. I helped with the the first ever quad tandem world championships. I got it. Let me apologize right now. When we invited you onto the podcast, Mm -hmm. we went into the DMs to be in DM'd you and we saw, or Dave actually saw it. I had to apologize on his behalf. Hey, I don't know. I don't even know if I read it, but we saw a DM that you sent us years ago saying, hey guys, we're, uh, I'm, I'm doing a video with a, a race team. A t- you, you say yeah, you it's probably. a quad tandem bike. So these are tandem bicycles, but they're four seaters, but think like a tandem bike where it's four in a row, single mm-hmm. file. And most bicycle components are not meant to hold four fully grown men. So think bike tires. You're just getting like the strongest one you can find. Same with bike chains. You have four guys going uphill, putting racing, putting as much power as they can through this chain. They were just popping chains and snapping them. And and so you were d- documenting this team and you asked us to come along. Yeah, to I, do was something a, really? I was an up and coming YouTuber and I was reaching out to the local mountain bike YouTube channel. And we blew you <laughs> off. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <Timed> you. Official <laughs> apology. We're sorry. I don't know if we read well, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, well. Look at me on your podcast now. Yeah. Oh, shit. Please review our podcast after. <laughs> Please we? give us thumbnail advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was two weeks from racing from Portland, Oregon down to San Francisco. There were two teams competing. There's not a whole lot of quad tandem bikes in the world. In fact, they're both custom made and the Canadians had an advantage because they've, they've ridden across Canada on theirs before and they rode down to Mexico once. So they had actually had it reinforced. They have five brakes on this bike. They have a drum brake at the back, two cantilever brakes at the back. They have one cantilever brake at the front and one disc brake at the front. And then, Jesus. so the guy who, the captain as they call him, the guy who drives it like at the front, who steers, he works the front brakes. Then the guy at the very, the third guy does the gears and the guy at the very back does the rear brakes. 
And the guy in the middle is kind of in charge of snacks. He wow. has like the little fanny pack. <laughs> no way. That's He's job. just chilling. He's yeah. He's just flavor. like, go team. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they raced against Team Great Britain and lost. So oh. congratulations, oh. Team Great Britain. But they're, this year, they're running it again in BC. It's going to be a thousand, oh, thousand kilometers or a thousand mile race over a week with four teams this year. They've doubled. They have. It's become. It's it's a super popular now. It's doubled. Yeah. One of the fastest growing sports. In fact. Wow. Do, do they, does anybody on the bike ever just stop pedaling and take a break? Or? You, so all the pedals are connected, just like a regular tandem bike. So, so you, you can't really. Well, you can just not put power into it. You can. You are. And that's so. So I describe some of the challenges they have with like mechanically with the bikes, but also internally with the teams psychologically you're like why am i pushing so hard here no one else is, is everyone else coasting but it's all in your head and you're like telling them like guys we need to pedal and they're like we are and mm. they're thinking the same thing about you that it's just a hill or whatever the case may be or and they'll stop they're like check their tires are we running low on pressure but they've also had tires blow on them they were going downhill and i guess the guy at the back was rubbing his rear brakes and it heated up the rim so much that the rear, the rear tire exploded. So you just have all these awesome mechanical failures and internal drama with the team. So I'm going to be filming it again this year and we'll see, see what happens. Well, Hey, if the opportunity is still there and you want us to do something, well, you know, with my team here, (laughs) (laughs) grovel, 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 grovel. I'm curious. What did, what did you, what were you like envisioning us to do? Like, how are we going to nothing? I mean, I think I just wanted you guys to like come ride the four person bike and see what it's like. And you know, that would be good content for your channel. I suppose to review that. And yeah, it would have been, <laughs> we could have been, been huge guys. Well, look, I might have an in this year for we, you. We uh we have a video idea in our list of ideas and it's how many people can we fit on a tandem bike. Yeah. I was thinking do the four person tandem and find one of those trailers that like uh the kids pedal, but oh, some yeah. you, you can get them with two trailer bikes. Yeah, they're mm. like a tandem trail bike. Exactly. So you can have six people pedaling this bike. And I just got for my dad on Christmas the kids ride shotgun thing where it's like a, you install a seat on the top oh, tube God. and then a mm. mini handlebars that you install on front. So now, we realistically do we think the tires would hold with all this weight and you you I, want I think you gotta watch the video it. to find yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thumbnail. There you go. It's <laughs> a good thumbnail. That's oh, great. <laughs> Six grown men just in the air with a bike flipping around. I looking back at those DMs too. I I did say that you reminded me of someone. Your on camera personality. Uh, you're not inspired by Tom Scott at all. Oh, I am. I like Tom Scott. Oh, you are okay. Yeah, but you never got that before that people say no. And no. I I didn't really start watching him till about three years ago. I really like what he does now, mm-hmm. and I'd love to collab if Tom, if you're watching. Yeah, but, definitely is. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Invite him to Canada. Buy him a ticket. I mean, he was just here in Vancouver. I oh, he does things in Vancouver. He just did something at UBC, and I, I would anyway. Yeah. Who, who is he? He has five million followers. He does like three minute videos on like really random topics, mm-hmm. and he just does one take of talking nonstop to explain it to you. Okay, yeah, I know who this is. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. But you said, uh, no, I've never gotten that before. I've never gotten that. I'm, I'm a Tom Scott. Uh, but you said, I often get Rick Mercer or Dirty Jobs. Yeah, like vi- the style of the channel is very much Rick Mercer and Dirty Jobs. And right. um, I went to the top of Parliament. There's the bell tower and the you get to lower and raise the flag in Ottawa. 
And I got to sign my name right next to Rick Mercer up there and Justin Trudeau had also been up there. But there's very few people in that little room oh, that have ever been up there. So cool. that was cool. Fun fact, my old boss looks like Rick Mercer. Yeah. And he, as an avatar, he uses this like caricature of Rick Mercer because it looks enough like him. <laughs> right. that he uses that like on his emails <laughs> and stuff great. like that. So what do you like about Vancouver? Because that's, I know you yeah. originally from your Vancouver videos. You yeah. made the... Um, What's it called? The the not your average guide to Vancouver yeah, that's series. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of showed secrets and like unknown kind of cool spots to go. What do you like about Vancouver in general? I, okay, two things. One, I'm born and raised here. All my friends are here. Like I I run into people all the time. Whether we played ice hockey back in the day or went to high school together, it's so it feels like a community for me. It feels like a small city to me. It has everything you need. Obviously, the same reason you guys like it, the mountains, the ocean, the access to outdoors is fantastic. At the moment, I really like that there's a SkyTrain that gets me to an international airport and off I can go to pretty much anywhere. There's a lot of reasons I think people say they don't like it. It's expensive, it's unfriendly, and all of those things. I haven't encountered the unfriendly part because I, again, I already had my friend groups here and so mm. I'm not trying to break into cliques or anything. And uh, we already addressed the trust fund thing, so the <laughs> price is not a <laughs> factor. Um, it's a, it's a, it's just a. This is so bland to say. It's just a great city. It has it, very multicultural, good food choices. People have called it no fun city. Agree or disagree? Yeah, a bit for sure. I mean, we didn't get fireworks this year. You know, there could be improvements. And, but we had the Olympics, we had, we've had lots of stuff too. We've got more things coming up. Like, do we have, are we world soccer world cup potentially down the pipeline or yeah, sports guy we, Dave? We bid for it. I don't know if we, yeah, we're it. bidding. We're trying, you know, yeah. you can't fault us yeah. for that. So yeah. Well, I don't let's, know. let's talk about some of your other favorite places. Uh, you visited penis park in South Korea. I did. <laughs> yeah. Heisen Dong, Park. Heisen Dong. It is a, a, a park to the semen gods, I think that um, fertilized the sea. So they ran out of fish. And so a bunch of fishermen went down and fertilized the sea, as they said, to, to so bring the fish back. And semen, so, semen. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the whole the whole park is just I don't want to say full size, but oversized, oversized giant indeed. larger than people penises. You're like pretty small in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. But, well there's uh, like penises with like feet basically like penis totem poles, but right. yeah they have exactly. feet and they've penises kind with of penises and are we allowed to say that oh. on the podcast? Oh, please. Yeah. Ratings only <laughs> skyrocket. An yeah. It's a tech, it's a medical term we're using. Yeah. yeah. So wait, okay. It's a park to the penis gods with semen all over it. <laughs> what? No. no. <laughs> There's I'm a lost. semen element to it. Like okay. right, the semen, the, the fishermen. The men of the went sea. Down. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And Okay. And you pay to go here or? No, it's free. Okay. Wide open to the public. Okay. Cool. All, wide open. Like you said, wide open. Wide open. <laughs> Interesting. Gaping. <laughs> Okay, that's fun. Yeah. Quiz me, what else you got on uh, the list? Uh, okay, uh, what comes to your head when I say the word dildo? Heisendang Park. No. In Korea. Oh, oh, yes, dildo Newfoundland. Of course. <laughs> <my goodness. laughs> They're very closely related. Yeah. I can understand the, mis the confusion. Well, yeah. I, I don't want to say I have, my channel has a theme or anything, but I like to <laughs> visit unique places. 
Uh, Dildo being a very proud city in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. And they have some of the best fish and chips I've ever been. But a lot of seamen. Every, <laughs> also wide is, open. It is. For visitors. I just love how every business is named the Dildo Guest Suites, the Dildo oh, Brewery, the yes. Dildo Post Office. They know what they're doing. You got to lean into it. I yeah. sent my mom a... A, a dildo? Po- a post- <laughs> postcard from Dildo oh, of the okay. Dildo sign. They have like a big like Hollywood sign on the hill yeah. in white wooden letters. Oh, so yeah. It says yeah. Dildo, yeah. Uh, and I mailed it from the Dildo post office, so they officially stamp it from Dildo. Fuck yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I would love to see you visit my anus. <laughs> Where's that? Miami. <laughs> My anus, Miami. Yeah. What? There is a my anus, Miami. I think. Oh no! Is it Miami or is it Florida or something? It's already a city. Yeah. yeah Google my anus. Sorry, sorry. Quick. You could have just made like a Uranus joke. Yeah. And, oh, okay. All right. Wait. Oh, it is too. Sorry, Connecticut. I, 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 if it's not Miami, I may have complained. My anus, Connecticut. Yeah. Well, you almost sent him to Florida. I don't know. <laughs> Shit. I don't I'm, even know why I thought it was I'm sure like I'd find Florida. Something there. Miami. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why the hell did I think that? Anyways, jackass guys go there and they just do like jokes. They're like, wow, there's a general store in my anus. Wow, there's a sewage plant in my anus. Yeah, and they just make sure those jokes. It's like renaming our, the RVs we saw on the road. Oh, yes. The yeah. RV game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know the RV yeah, game? I do, yeah. Oh, yeah. perfect. Explain it. What do you mean? Everyone knows it, right? No. Explain okay. it. Where you add, uh, if you see an RV, you just add anus to the either before or, or after. Anal. The or anal. Anal. Sorry. Anal. Yeah, it is anal. Sorry, I'm being anal about that. But. Yeah, you are being a bit anal. <laughs> Uh, to the to, name of the to, RV. To the name of the right. RV. Yeah. It's like so, adventurer. The anal adventurer, the yeah. anal explorer, yeah. the it's anal Canadian dream. Really <laughs> passes the time on a boring road trip. Yeah. <laughs> when you're a normie that chooses to travel by car. What? Oh, is that <gasps> what me? is this? <gasps> that is Michael. Quickly. Gotta get them Turn on the off. What's that? You want to come? You want me to come to my anus, Connecticut? What a crazy. Mom, I told I can't talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> a crazy. Uh, uh, ringtone that was that was wild um, where was okay serious question you said that your favorite place to travel uh, that you've been to was churchill that's changed it's but changed, it was okay. it was at the time so churchill manitoba is in northern canada i took the train it's two days to get up there the train ride was awful but th- there is no road access to churchill so you either have to fly in or train access only okay. train ticket was about six hundred dollars for a 48 hour trip it was COVID at the time, so they weren't serving food and they didn't have the sleeper cars open. So I brought my dad with me and made him at 74 years old sleep upright in economy for two nights and eat like the groceries we brought on board with us. And then we ordered a train, uh, a pizza to the train in Thompson, Manitoba, which was an awesome pizza. And so that was lunch, dinner and breakfast for the next morning. But once we got to Churchill, Manitoba, we were there for polar bear season and because it was also, it was 2020, there were no international travelers, which is what normally flocked to this area, international photographers, all of that. And it was empty. It was amazing, fantastic weather. We saw 15 polar bears on their second day. We were like with a conservation officer following, chasing the polar bears out of town on the first day. It, uh, I helped someone who was in our tour group saw I had a big camera and kind of like pulled my shirt and pulled me aside. And he was like, Hey, I'm going to propose to my girlfriend today. Like, would you mind filming it? You're <laughs> so, like, yep. Title and thumbnail already. Not yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, get a bill. Um, sure enough, this, you can't get close. You can't drive up to the polar bears or anything, but it's like whale watching. You have to stay back a certain hundred and 200 meters, but 
if you stop your vehicle and then they continue to walk up to you, that's kind of like you just, you're not disrupting them. The car's off. And so this one came to about 30, 40 meters away from us and just laid down to take a nap. And so we popped out, he popped the question and it was this wonderful moment. And then someone was like, I can't believe you proposed in front of a polar bear. And then she turns around. She's like, oh my God, I forgot about that. Like she was just focused on the ring and it was a great moment. Everyone got back in. And so Churchill was amazing in that respect. But on my across Canada trip, I discovered Les Îles de la Madeleine, which is an island in Quebec, but only accessible by ferry from Prince Edward Island. And... It is this little combination of small islands that are just meadows and tall red sandy cliffs, kind of like Prince Edward Island with not really villages, but just little colorful cabins spread out throughout. And then these islands are connected by sand dunes, some of the, the, the best sand you'll find in Canada and one road that runs along the top of the sand dune to connect all the islands. And it was phenomenal. You can do kite karting and wind surfing and... All this stuff. What the heck is that? <laughs> yeah, it's like imagine a little like three wheeled tricycle thing, and you've got a massive kite above you, and it just rip whips you up and down the beach. Wow, that sounds. That's awesome. a bike video for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we got to power through some stuff here. We only got a few minutes left on this camera that we uh, should probably just get a bigger memory card. Hey guys, <laughs> no, that would probably keep it tight. Yeah. Keeps it tight. Yeah. Keeps it tight. <laughs> Before we get into this or that, I want to bring up one comment that we loved. Oh, okay. Someone <laughs> left this comment two years ago. Top comment says, "Love this guy. Presentation is always fun and sincere. He is the kind of guy I want my daughter to marry. Thanks for making vlogging fun." Wow. <laughs> That is a compliment. <laughs> and you did reply. I did reply. Yeah, you did I reply. I remember you, that comment. You said, my girlfriend's going to love this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've also, so my sign off line is, I don't know where I'm going next, but I know I want you there with me. And someone was like, I'm going to use that in my wedding vows. And mm. I never thought of that. But I was like, wow, that's, it's like kind of a bigger line to life than just where was my next video? Yeah. And uh, that's nice. yeah, again, we talked about this a little bit earlier. You just don't see the impact you have on people often enough. And occasionally you get a great comment like that. That's really sweet. All right, guys, let's get into this or that. We're going to play this small game here. There's no winners, only losers. I guess you could be a winner too. If you consider, yeah, you could be a winner. You can be a winner. Uh, we got this or that. You're going to pick one or the other. You got to decide. Okay. You can't skip. You can't, you can't choose something that's not a this or that. Roger. <laughs> got it. All right, Roger here we go. Clear. Trains or planes? Trains. Buses or subways? Subways. Bicycles or motorcycles? Oh, bicycles. Good answer. Valets, valeting or bartending? Valeting. BCIT or junk removal? BCIT. Car salesman or valet? Valet. Gord Downey or Robert Downey Jr.? Gord. Mountains or oceans? Mountains. Skiing or mountain biking? Well, I'm slowly, I grew up on skiing. I'm slowly moving over Remember mountain biking. Mountain biking is <laughs> oh, good awesome. Answer, good answer. Steam powered or electric powered? I want to say steam, but I think, I feel like I should stay, say electric, but steam's dope. Via rail or Rocky Mountain Express? Or sorry, Rocky, Rocky Mountaineer. Mountaineer. <laughs> Rocky Mountaineer. Rocky Mountaineer or Amtrak? Rocky Mountaineer. Were you paid to say that? It's okay. <laughs> Tugboat or hovercraft? Hovercraft. <laughs> First class on a plane or first class on a train? First class on a train all day. Helicopter or airline? Helicopter. Canada or the UK? Canada. Tandem bike or unicycle? Tandem. 
East Coast of Canada or West Coast of Canada? West Coast, baby. Sleeping on a plane or sleeping on a train? Sleeping on a train. We could, we could literally <laughs> ask anything on a train. Awake on a train? <laughs> <laughs> he gets it. Okay, how about this one? Snakes on a plane or snakes on a train? Snakes on a train. Of course. <laughs> Saskatchewan or Manitoba? Saskatchewan. Ice hockey or field hockey? Ice hockey. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Plane toilets or train toilets? Train toilets. So <laughs> yeah. much more room. They're they're, they're nice. Uh, training. Tra- training <laughs> on a train. <laughs> training across Canada or training across USA? Ooh, I'm gonna say Canada. I, I just love Canada. Thomas the Tank Engine or Polar Express? Thomas. And finally, Penis Park, South Korea or? Dildo Newfoundland. Dildo, baby. Ah, oh, Canada. <laughs> All right, that's it. Thanks for coming on, uh, feeding off each other. Do you feel, do you feel metaphorically? I'm so full right now. <laughs> yes. He knows. He knows. <laughs> uh, anything to promote? Where can people find you? No. No, nothing. No. Oh, come on. Where en- can people find Enjoy you? the rest of your day. Thanks for listening. <laughs> what a- Stand up, dude. What a nice guy. He wants to leave so bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got to call his mom back. I've got a train to catch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great to have you, man. Great yeah, to listen. You got, you're an interesting guy. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, you, you've, you've lived many lives and you've had 17 million jobs. <laughs> I have. Well, yeah. they keep up what you guys are doing. You got me through COVID. You got me onto mountain bikes. Oh, right and, on. There you uh, go. Yeah, that's why I went and spent... My week up at Sun Peaks to take, kind of take a little week off was inspired by what you guys are doing. And there was not a lot of travel content during the COVID. And so uh, I was watching all the mountain bike stuff in the North Shore. Which we should go mountain biking. Yeah, let's go mountain biking. I'd love to take you mountain biking. Yeah, if I could have let's one that it. would last longer than six months before it's stolen, I think that'd be great. Have you, uh, two yes. questions. Have you been riding on the shore? Have no, you ridden? no. You've never ridden on the shore? Okay, no. well, let's get you on the shore. Yeah. Have you ridden e-bikes? Uh, e-mountain bikes? No, no, definitely not. We, we got a video for you. Okay, you think <laughs> of the right. thumbnail. You, we'll bring the bikes. Okay. You think of the thumbnail. We'll see you then. All right. Uh, okay, formalities at the end. Thanks for listening. And please remember to subscribe and rate our show. Uh, you ever rated a podcast before, Mike? I haven't. Well, what's the end? What do you want, what yeah, do you want you, me to say? Well, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just give us five stars. <laughs> Uh, we actually do read uh, some of the funny reviews that we get on this podcast. Oh, great. And uh, leave us a comment or something. We give away stuff every now and then. And uh, let us know who you want us to invite on our podcast. Or leave us a message. Call in. Every now and then we read messages. That's feedi- uh, speakpipe.com slash feeding off each other. Be on the show. Mm-hmm. Make an ass mm-hmm. of yourself. Make an ass of us. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Tom Scott, if you're watching, call me. <laughs> That's it. That's a collab I want to see. And as always... Thank you for listening to Feeding Off Each Other. Please subscribe for more great podcasts.